Okay, so we're back to our story. If you haven't uh, been following along with this uh, odyssey of, of uh, our patriarchs and matriarchs, we had Jacob and Esau, who were brothers to Isaac. And Esau comes in one day, and he was really hungry, and Jacob was cooking, and he says, give me some of that red stuff, lentil soup you're making. And Jacob says, first, sell me your birthright. And Esau says, what use is a birthright if I'm starving to death? So fine, you can have it. So he eats it. So he despises his birthright. Later on, Isaac is going to bless Esau. And the Bible is really clear that the promise of the people of Israel, they're not Israel yet, that comes later, are going to go through Jacob. And Rachel tricks, with Jacob's help, Isaac into blessing Jacob. Esau is now extremely unhappy. The blessing has been stolen, he's, and he's already given away his birthright, and he does what any brother would do. What does he do? I'm going to kill the useless SO-something of a brother. Mom hears and says to Jacob, your brother is slightly unhappy. Now would be a good time to leave town. So she sends them off to her, or basically her brother, Jacob's uncle Laban. And he's going to eventually get married, and that's a whole other story. But in the meantime, he's doing what any person of faith does. He's running away. He's saving his skin. He hightails it for the hills. And this is when he is out there and he's walking away and he's realizing, you know, all of these scheming of mine and all of this planning, all of that's accomplished to this point is my brother wants to kill me. And that is not an empty threat. So he's got to be feeling pretty good. And that night when he lays down to sleep and he puts his head on a rock, and let's face it, man, you got to be tired to put your head on a rock to go to sleep. And he has this dream, this vision, and there's a ladder going up to heaven and back down. And he sees angels ascending and descending on, his, on this ladder. And he wakes up and he says, wow, this is a holy place and I didn't even know it. Surely the presence of God is in this place. And he names it Bethel. El is the name for the high God. So um, Bethlehem, Israel, Bethel, El is a big name. God. So what do angels look like? How do you recognize them to be angels? What do angels look like? What do you think? Big wings and a halo. See, you got to shout it out first because that's the obvious answer. Now you're left with the dregs. What do they look like? What do you think? Everybody here. 
Last week, I was told that Mary Baumel was an angel by my wife, and I always listen to my wife. And even when I don't listen, I pretend that I have, in fact, listened to my wife. But last week, she had got some of the young kids, and these were new people. These were, these were young folks who had never, and a little girl who had never been here before, and they needed help collecting all the little these are not actually glass eye holders, as many of you think. These actually are uh, communion cup holders. And, they, and, and you helped. You were an angel. And so as an angel, you were able to see the fellow angels. I was on a sailing trip for six days and five nights. I know you feel incredibly sorry for me right now. And it was really wonderful. And on the fourth day... We were sailing in 20 to 25 knot winds and the boat was heeled over at 30 degrees and we were just slamming into the waves and it was, we were just basically hanging onto the rails. And then the sun came out and the skies cleared and the wind just died. And there was no wind at all. We tried like idiots that we were to keep going up towards Seattle and there was just, there was no wind put the kicker in the water, started to try to start the kicker, no motor, no wind, no motor. Now it's like, hmm, and you're just sitting there in the sun getting baked. So Rick calls and it says, calls Vessel, Assist, um, my, my friend, federal judge who I was sailing with, calls Vessel Assist and found out that he had allowed his membership in Boat U.S. to lapse. The um, estimate, and they always estimate low so that you'll say yes, for the tow was just over $1,000. This is why you don't want to get towed when you're a boat. And it was going to be four hours minimum probably five, and we were going to get into Seattle like 10 o'clock at night. And Rick is just, bah! And I turn around, and I said, you know, Edmonds Harbor's right there. It's, it's like a mile and a half away. It's like, oh, they don't have vessel assist. But so we, we spend about an hour and a half just trying to, just moving, just inch by inch by inch by inch. And suddenly this guy comes down, and he's flying. He's in one of these, like, cigarette boats. It's a jet boat. And... He's driving, he's got his girlfriend there, he's got this huge collie, this collie's fur was like out to here. We think he was probably a professional or ex-professional athlete, he looked like it. And this man knew nothing about him. And I'm on the bow of the boat with my towel and I'm flagging him down. And he stops, it's like, so that's the first miracle. Because the guy stops. And you're supposed to stop, but a lot of people don't, they just wave at you, they think you're waving. Anyway, so he shows up and I said, you know, we only need to go there. Can you help us out? He said, well, I really would like to, but I lost my cleat last week. I don't know what you'd do on a boat like that to lose your cleat, but it was bad. And I said, well, do you have another cleat? He says, well, yeah. I said, well, you only pull from one point, oddly enough. So can we try that? And he says, sure. So we throw him the rope to his girlfriend, and he says, well, bring it to the back. And she drops the rope and goes to the back of the boat. This tells you something. It's like, no, no, you need to bring the line with you. Um, 
so you can tie it off. And then he doesn't know how to tie it off. So it's like, well, throw it back. It's like, do you know how to tie a bowl in? Because if you tie the wrong knot, you will tie it. And then after towing you know, a boat that heavy, you will never get it undone. It's got to be a nautical knot. And he said, well, I learned how to tie a bowl in last year, but I forgot. I said, same thing happened to me. Throw me the rope back. I'll tie a bowl in and I'll throw it through. Anyway, this guy who knew absolutely nothing and like put it through the eyelid, wrap it around, and good, you know, it's like, so he did it. And, and his girlfriend was so, you know, she was so impressed with this guy now. Like, he's the knight in shining armor. So anyway, we made it into the harbor, saved $1,000. And then the next day, we still had a motor that didn't work, and you can't leave this harbor without a motor. And the people from the harbor were shuttling us down, you know, to the, to the place and back. And, and the guy that was working on the motor said, I will, I will return it to you and I'll make sure it works before I leave. We were surrounded by angels. We were watching Jacob's ladder. And the place that we were on, Edmunds Marina. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. But you had to be able to see it. I asked what angels look like because the stereotype, in, in Americana, angels are you die, you go, you get your wings. That's really not the biblical idea. The biblical idea is you've got the seraphim and the cherubim and whatnot, and they're big and they've got huge wings and they cover up and down and whatnot. But I don't know what an angel looks like. And I would suspect that if I saw an angel, it would look like what I expected it to look like, not what it actually looked like. Because the God we worship is a gracious God and is going to appear in a way that we can perceive. It's very possible that an angel may, may take the form of a uh, two outs in the ninth Grand Slam by the Dodgers, of course. Only the Dodgers. Any other, it could be the other side. But as long as it's the Dodgers, these could be an angel at bat. Pitch hitting. Okay. What I'm suggesting to you is that when you are in your world and in you're in your life and you're walking around and you're sleeping and something happens... It just may be, it just may be that you are seeing angels going up and down to heaven. Jacob came from a classically dysfunctional family. I mean classic. Abraham, you know, how many sons did Abraham have? Six or seven? And he booted out all but one. Defend for themselves in the desert on their own. And Isaac wasn't much better in favoring Esau over Jacob, and Rachel favored Jacob over Esau. And this was the experience. This was, this is not the paradigm that you want to set up for a holy family. 
This was not Mary and Joseph kneeling at the manger that we love to see and behold this is what couples are supposed to do. This is a seriously dysfunctional family. And Jacob is now running away. And I got to tell you, when God comes to you, it is almost always when the stuff has hit the fan. You know, you think, oh, life is good. Now I'm ready for this beautiful vision. I'm on vacation. The winds are 12 knots. The boat is healing over about eh, 15 degrees, and we are at maximum hole speed, and it's sunny, and it's perfect. Now's when I want God to show up, because I'm relaxed. I am just ready. And God says, nope. Wind's going to die. Motor's not going to start. You're thinking, I'm going to get hit by a ship in the middle of the night. When I show up, Jacob needed to have an experience of God at a moment when he was like, My brother wants to kill me. All the self scheming that I've done is probably going to come to nothing. And that's when God shows up, shows him up and down, and says, You will be blessed. And it is through you that the people of the world will be blessed. So pay attention. And let everything else go that you don't need to hang on to. Because if you're like me, there are things in your life that have happened that keep you from going where you need to go. And you need to let that go. God says it is okay. Let that go. We are surrounded by ladders going up and down to earth filled with angels. Sometimes they're in our very congregation as Mary Bamal said. They're all around us all the time. And all we have to do is look, and sometimes God doesn't show it to us. Sometimes God chooses just to keep us on the, the regular vision, but there will be moments when the clouds part, and you see it, the veil parts, and you see it as it really is. And when that happens, and it may be a Grand Slam home run, there are angels. And God is saying, you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing. Doug Nurse, Nurse Doug, will be a blessing. Jacob needed that. If Jacob was going to be Jacob, he needed that vision. And we need that vision. And sometimes it comes from a guy who doesn't know anything about boats, but was willing to stop and say, okay, we can do no less. And that's good news. Amen.